Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, Vagrant Queen fans? Welcome to the Vagrant Queen After Show. We're talking episode five, Temple of Doom, and we got Queen herself in the house, Adrian Ray. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're super excited to talk about mid-season. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. We've come this far. And my name is Carrie Lane, joined by my awesome co-host, James. How do you feel? We're halfway through. Hello, everyone out there. Uh, I am, I don't know, it's like bittersweet. Like, we've, we've come so long. We've made such great connections with these characters. Um, I'm excited to see what's happening next. So, And I'm even more excited to be talking to the Vagrant Queen herself, Miss Adrienne Ray, today. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. And we do have a live chat, so welcome everybody who's watching live. Please chime in in the chat. We'll ask your we'll pass on your questions to Adrian. And if you're watching it later, no problem. Please comment down below what you thought of this episode. So yeah, right, right. We're kind of in the middle of this. We're, we are the middle of the season, and we have a whole a whole bunch of deaths. And it's actually a pretty. There's some brutal deaths, which we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, a whole lot of betrayal. And also, stay tuned towards the end. We have our very special segment where we look behind the prosthetics. And James, what's that segment called? It's called Winnie Who? Winnie What? <laughs> so make sure to stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right, so let's dive right in, which we essentially literally do at the beginning of Dive Into That Sand Planet, Planet Wix. Uh, it was looking a bit bleak at the beginning there, and it was a fun Tremors vibe. I dug it. Yeah. More ways than one, pun intended. <laughs> uh, James, what did you think of the planet when we first start off? You know, I'm so glad you said Tremors because I feel like that's such an obscure movie that not a lot of people know about. Um, that was the immediate thing I thought of when I saw like the little sandworm come out of nowhere. And then even the way I felt like Isaac killed it, it was uh, it was very Tremors, like the explosion and like the all the guts go everywhere. Mm -hmm. um this is a really really small thing but i'm happy we kind of finally got a, a name of that little rabbit looking creature it's called a a dunk room um because we've seen it quite quite often in the past few episodes so that was a small little like oh now it has a name <laughs> yeah and i like that that's all it does it's just a cute little yeah. thing i love the part where he's like well maybe you're just gonna crop up a green turd <laughs> he's like yelling at the dunk room <laughs> I think at it's this like, point, we've seen so many crazy creatures. It's no telling what even the most, like, cute-looking thing will do. So that was a, I think that was a fair point that Isaac raised. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think anybody taking anything for granted on the planets, which we have learned from previous episodes, oh, yeah, sure, let's trust the natives on the planet. Mm -mm. Or visitors, too. All kinds of different people on the planet to be like, mm -mm, don't trust anybody, mm -hmm. which is the Queen's motto, too. Don't trust mm -hmm. anybody. Mm -hmm. mm uh what did we think james how did you feel getting this five year ago flashback for isaac you know i didn't 
I hadn't realized this until this episode. We hadn't really been given too much backstory about Isaac. I guess because, you know, we're planet hopping and trying to figure out what's going on with uh, Zevelyn. Like, it kind of has fallen by the wayside. So I definitely thought that this was a, a surprising revelation, but one that kind of we should have expected. I don't think any of us were really like, oh, that's right. We haven't heard anything about Isaac. So it was cool to get some insight into him. It was finally cool to see the caption, um, Jupiter, you know where this planet is. I was like, oh, we made it home finally. We're in our solar system. Perfect. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Um, it was also interesting to see, finally see his, uh, his wife who was pregnant at the time that they did the, the phone call. We saw the whole wormhole incident to figure out exactly how Isaac got to where he was. So I definitely thought this was a um, a good turning of the page for the, for the show, because uh, with Isaac being one of like, the lead characters, it's really, uh, it's really informative to know about his future decisions if we know about his past. But I also feel like um, learning his backstory, it humanized him more. Um, it made us be like, oh, yeah, to actually, like, if someone says, I have a kid, it's different than when you meet their kid and you see the, them interact with their kid and um, you can genuinely tell how much they care about their kid. So I, I feel like it made him more humanized and us relate to him more because you've seen how he interacts with his wife and how they joke and how they love each other and how he can't wait to get back to her. Oh, yeah, their humor was so cute and funny. Mm -hmm. She's like, hold on, I got to show you something. It was like, uh uh taking some and you're like oh, oh okay. no I was and like, here's like food <laughs> i was like what is the rating of this show again what is about to happen she's like mm, it's like hey now <laughs> yes oh okay we got a good question which will hold towards the end here when we get towards these um and i did like the backstory for isaac because yeah we didn't really have much context for him because we like, yeah, as you were saying, Adrian, it was kind of this abstract idea, like, okay, he has a wife and he has a kid on earth, but now we really get a grasp of how far that is. Cause totally makes sense. that so he goes essentially through a black hole, uh, wormhole thing to get to this other place. And that's why he can't easily get back. Cause at first you're just like, okay, do they have ships that do interstellar travel that well? And not exactly, but you need a lot of money. Some people have mm. Yes, it's true. <laughs> which calls to later, which we'll get to, of something I told you is like, I knew it. Uh, we, what else on the, there we are. So back when, the, oh, we also get the update on that with, on Areopa that the council finds out about what Lazaro is doing and they're going to revoke his title, which, push pause on that because we don't come back till that to that till later but uh james what are you thinking when we see them the council's like nope he's done well you know i have a soft spot for the actress robin scott she plays admiral raquel like i think she is so funny and i was so happy to see her initially and then to see her pop up i think it's now three times that we've seen her in the series thus far love that actress super super funny i love that she's like the HBIC, and she's like, look, you've had your chances, Lazaro. I'm taking your title. I'm considering you a renegade. I'm coming to get that ship. Um, I love, I love, love her interaction. I think this episode too, I don't, I don't know the admiral, the admiral that she's paired with, but she said this episode, she's like, he was your hire. I was like, yeah, get him. So I love the comedic timing of this actress. I love that, that character so much. Me too. It's interesting because it almost, humanizes well 
they're not human, but um, <laughs> makes you like that side of the Republic a little bit more. Because Lazarus is not a good example of what this alternative alternative is to ruling the galaxy, but them, they seem a bit more level-headed and they kind of seem to want the equality that I hope we get a little bit more on that kind of infrastructure that's in place because we just mm -hmm. put some glimpses. So not enough to fully assess that they're trustworthy. Yeah. But still able to let you see the difference between them and Lazaro and their- Yes, idea. exactly. Uh, then we get, uh, when they're getting ready to do, go into the tomb and everything and I do love that we get our slow-mo again, that we get every episode, the slow-mo in the sand. Uh, we also saw on Twitter quite a few posts. This sand seemed to be a bit intense. Adrian, how was it filming at that location? Um, filming was great. Uh, <laughs> it, it was fun. It was um, really crazy because the sand is very fine at the sand dunes. And then in the tomb, it was very, very fine. And... Um, <laughs> we would go in, they, they dusted us up, they made us have like sunburn and things like that with hair and makeup, but then we would be in the tomb working, we would come out, we'd have like rings of sand in our nostrils, sand <laughs> in our eyelashes, in our eyebrows, um, so it was, it was very practical, but it was really fun to do at the same time. The weather is um, very different at the dunes, it changes dramatically over the course of a day, so that oh. was interesting and fun to do as well. I was going to ask if it was hot or cold because it could appear hot, but it actually was cold while filming and everybody's all bundled up head to toe. Or did the temperature change throughout the day? It was madness. Like in the morning, people were hand handing out um, ice packs to each other. And, you know, we're in the jackets. And we're just sweating. We're mm. hot. And we got to walk up the dunes and come back and do it again. So that part was fine. Then all of a sudden it got super, super windy, really windy. And like to home where like tents are blowing away. And then wow. after that, really cold. So all in one day of shooting, we got like winter, summer, fall. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any like gotta brush out your teeth later? Or oh, yeah, it was everywhere. You'd find it on your mm. armpit, but like how did that happen? <laughs> everywhere. It's like going to the beach, you're like, yeah, you're just gonna get sand everywhere. Yeah. Nice. Uh, how how difficult was it to film the how difficult in general is it to film the different slow-mo sequences so this one you're all in the sand you're fighting the sandworms this one wasn't too difficult there's one that was difficult for me i believe it is eight episode eight that one was hard because of the pose i chose but, uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, this one wasn't too difficult um it was just literally jim was like it's time for the American challenge. And we all were like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, I'm gonna use my knives. So uh, we got those out and, you know, Isaac has his hero moment. He's like midair. I'm sure that was a little hard for him because he had to be like suspended, and, you know, with the boxes and the sea stands that are wrapped in green um, for green screen later. But that one wasn't too hard for me personally, but I know for Isaac, it might've been a little more difficult because his, his pose, but it came out so epic. I think that my uh, my favorite one, uh, the real underdog of this episode, the pose was Amay for sure. She had like a scared like <laughs> kind of pose. I thought it would be funny to hold that for a long period of time. <laughs> pose is really great. Yeah, we didn't get to get that, but if you see it, like when I remember looking back after they get done, because after they do it, right? So I'm super like into it, tense, 
I know the camera's past me, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I just look at it. <laughs> and I was looking at Carmen, I was like, hey, he is killing this pose. Like, oh. And it was like just so epic with his prosthetics. It's really cool, too. Nice. Uh, now, Adrian, I'm glad you mentioned the difficulty of Isaac's pose. Um, Tim was mentioning how before, one of the early first poses, how you were like, yes, I want two guns and hold them out and realizing how difficult it is to hold objects out with your arms extended. <laughs> well, they give you C-stands if you, if you start shaking. Oh, nice. You do that, then they're like, okay, you need to stand. <laughs> that one wasn't too bad because it wasn't both out. One was here and one was here. So that was the, because I also needed a, a maze head to not be blocked by my arms. But uh, yeah, you don't want to be holding too much in the midst of that. Or, you know, being in the sand, luckily we shot that mannequin challenge when it wasn't windy, but I can't imagine trying to do a mannequin challenge when it was windy with the sand and just try not to blink. Oh, <laughs> yeah. As soon as the camera gets to you, you'd be like, don't blink, don't blink. And then like, it's on you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. How many times did you have to do this particular one in the sand? I think we did it we only we only did it once or twice. Oh cool. Nice. And then do you feel like all right, we did it, just showed <laughs> off. Like moving on. Yeah, we had to we had to move on. We we these doom days were intense and we had to like fight against light. So it was like, got it, good, let's move on. <laughs> mm uh moving on but not as quickly as we all want we've had some moments of alita and ame getting close to each other uh how is that how are those scenes in this episode we did talk about last week uh you had a moment with ame of you you both wanted to redo the scene and get it get get another take in and apparently that last one was the take yes was. um this scene uh in episode five when we're in the cockpit and things like that. Uh, it was more so, it was more so comedic at first because uh, when I first read it, I was like, I'm waking her up loudly. <laughs> but she's like, ah, okay. So that's how I originally first did it. Um, but I remember Alex, we were trying to choose how we were gonna be in the ship. <laughs> I remember she was like, I wanna be like this. It was like this like crazy way. We're like, okay, let's make that work. So that's why her head's all back. I'm like crouching, like, hello, are you can you hear me? But um our moments are, are really genuine. I love acting with Alex. She's great and um our chemistry is very natural and organic. So once we just lock in and look into each other's eyes normally, you know, we feel it and then therefore you guys feel it. But I like how it's becoming more normal for Alita to have these moments with her. They're not as weird anymore and awkward. <laughs> yeah, because she seems to be, I mean, rightfully so, such a very guarded person. And she's finally relaxing a little bit and enjoying these moments, which is nice for us to see. Because it's like, oh, they're just so, they're just so precious. And you're like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, and Amaze like, it's okay if you want to, do you want to hold my hand? Yeah, we can hold my yeah. It's all fine. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Now, so far, it does seem like Ame is the only one. Well, we don't know about the other betrayal, but our first betrayal, we get half saying, your mom was never here. Your mom is not alive. James, what did you think when we get this reveal? Yo, I literally had to like pause it. I paused my video stream and stood up and I was like, I can't. Like, I can't. 
I can't do this anymore. My little heart was be- beating. Like um, this was a this was a, a revelation of all revelations for me because you know we finally started to really get a sense of who Hack was in Alita's life and you know uh, going back to the whole Alita and uh, Ame situation. I think there was a couple episodes ago. Hack kind of gave her the okay to like go experience life. Like if you if you if you see something in Ame, then go go after that. So we really started to see Hack as this, or I did at least, as this kind of like paternal figure in in uh alita's life and it i feel like the last episode we it really hit home to me that he was kind of stepping in as her parent in a sense and then to see this happen the next episode was complete 180 so your boy was like what is going on (laughs) yeah um it was an intense scene i remember when we shot it um We shot it, we did the master, and everybody was just in it. Everybody was very in it. Um, we had done like some meditations. Like we had, they had a setup for the shot. And I remember looking and seeing Colin just like meditating over in the sand. So I started meditating over in the sand. And then we just had this great energy all around us and everybody was definitely in it. And we did the master and um, I remember Jim coming from behind the screen after she takes her headphones off she's like, well, it was always, I always knew it was good whenever she whispered at us. You guys, that was better than I thought of it in my head. She was like, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, just like, we're all already crying. So we start crying some more and then we go back and do it again just for, you know, safety. But uh, it was such a great feeling. That scene was, uh, it was like, uh, the way that Colin played it. Because yes, it's super betrayal. Like it's the ultimate, but also at the same time, you could feel his heart sad having to tell me that he betrayed me and what he did. And then mm-hmm. you also felt how he was like, but this is the reason why. And, it, and my reason why still even thinks of you. And I'm like, no, bro. And I love how May comes and she's like, no, you don't get to do that. <laughs> so um, it, it really showed, you know, his dynamic, me and his dynamic, and also how the trio or May has my back. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that, Lani. I wrote that one down. It's like, you don't get to play that card. I was like, yes, thank you. Glad someone said it. And then, yeah, he wants her to claim her birthright, essentially, which is like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. No, he just needs to use her to get it. So Hmm. (laughs) what was, um, then how was it for you? So, you know, uh, the show's generally more on the lighthearted side. And then we get into these heavier moments, especially this episode. You had to cry, you had to be angry. And then you also get your line with Hath of, you know, you mean nothing to me and how your mother was right. And it's ironic because she said never to trust anyone. How was that journey for you as an actor to go through that on the day? And then just any other thoughts on those, this episode in particular? Well, this episode, this whole block, um, we block shot five to six, was very, mm. very, you know, emotional and there's a lot of turmoil and things like that that's going on with the leader and I was I honestly I had to make sure I got out of character fully when I wasn't on set so I didn't carry around that sadness and that trauma um you know at home because <laughs> it's very it's very deep it's very dark and, and you have to go to a very real place for it to resonate so I, I used like music and things like that and, and substitutions for some but honestly um just what I was given on the day really helped with 
emoting all of the emotions. As long as I'm present and you know the actors that are with me, I have an amazing group of people around me that are so supportive and you know they're so giving with their acting. So they're giving me everything I need to actually genuinely react. And um, it was it was it wasn't difficult to cry because you know once you're in there and my thoughts become Alita's, I don't have to think about crying. I don't have to try and make myself cry. That's why my tears, if you see it, like I don't have to squeeze them out. Like they're just dropping because they're just really there. And um, I didn't. I, I I'm just very grateful that I didn't find that hard because of you know the work I did and plus having such an amazing group of people around me to support me in the scene. We have um, a sorry if I say it wrong. Elijah Turbo Russ says I cried so hard. <laughs> Me too. I cried watching it again. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then we we get our we go from this like heavy emotional tense scene. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna go in. Uh I do like that Alita tells her friends, I'm you know, I wanna keep you guys safe. You stay out here. But then she goes in the temple with the loyalists. I was like, well, she doesn't really trust them, but I guess she thinks they're not necessarily going to hurt her. They just need to use her. Yeah, they're not. Like, I don't think that Alita ever seen Dengar or Krav as threats. Like, yeah, true. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of Dengar, oh my goodness. Uh, so we first, uh, this episode was really gruesome, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, First, when we have our rabbit critter, the eyeball pop. Oh my goodness! It was it's that one was of so fun episodes. watching like watching it play back compared to when we shot it because we shot it and nothing was there. So they're like, it's gonna right. be they drew a circle and said, around here. And we're all just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool to see it. Actually, the eyeball pop. I was like, whoa, that was nice. That was okay. Fun. <laughs> right? It was. It's one of those. It's so gross, but you're like, wow, that was really good. Like. You made it good, gruesome, because it makes you And it made you actually understand or have a genuine fear for the for the uh, vines, like of how mm -hmm. tight they squeeze you and let you know their actual threat. Mm -hmm. Even like their vines, can't they just get out of them? Like I said for Indiana Jones, like I don't understand how you couldn't escape that, but that. So we wanted to make sure, you know, that, or I'm sorry, Jim, and then wanted to make sure that it looked like it was an actual threat. And I think that bunny showed you, like, yeah, if it could do that, little bunny. Poor bunny. That reminds me, James, what do you think of that? Uh, I do like the Earth references of when Alita, earlier, when Alita and Isaac are talking, and then she says, well, why didn't Indy just es escape the carbonite? So funny. Like, I, I, I love these, like, subtle Earth references we, we've been giving in the series thus far. There was another one a couple episodes back, if not the last episode, the whole uh, like airport security thing. Those little things like that are so relatable to the show. Um, There's another uh, uh, scenario, I think it was two episodes ago, the infamous um, uh, Mick Gaybar thing, where uh, Alme couldn't say MacGyver. Like, I think that those like... <laughs> Apparently, there's a shirt going around too that yes. says Mick Gaybar. So I'm so happy about it. <laughs> so definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, I love these little references like that because it really does humanize the show and like and being displayed so many different creatures and planets and it's nice to have a little bit of home every now and again where you're like, okay, 
Indiana Jones. I get that reference. So, you know, you gotta love it. <laughs> For sure. Do you ever have to hold back, speaking of funny parts, do you ever have to hold back your laughter on set though, Adrian? Um, yeah, sometimes we get, it's just the weirdest thing. Sometimes we just get the giggles. It just, it's like a freaking, it's like the flu or something. Like it just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> And like you start laughing, you're like, <laughs> I can't stop. Oh my God, stop. Don't do that. I can't stop laughing. But then you start laughing and someone else is laughing because you're laughing. And then it's like, all right, everybody just like, let's laugh for a minute. Let's get it out. But I remember there was a scene, I think the scene actually got cut for time. But um, <laughs> when in the previous episode, when Irid, you know, she gets smushed between the doors, bless her heart. Um, <laughs> There's a scene where before I start talking to Isaac, Hath is in the room patching him up. And um, he was like, yeah, you know, you never know though. And I was like, um, those doors smashed her pretty hard. I don't think she's alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty hard between Hath and I. We Like literally we knew the line was coming up and he'd be like, Pfft. I'd be like, don't. <laughs> it took us like a good three four times to get it which is like normally we take one or two but this one took three four because i just could not stop laughing thinking about how the doors really did like there's no way <laughs> is there uh, is there a particular actor that you work with adrian that like you know like you you may break the scene because they will make you laugh is there anyone on the cast in particular like that for you um i'm trying to think me or is like but what or, scenes with a May. it's like it's like alex when she's outside of a may but like if she if she's just like being she's being alex and then we go into the scene and she says something that's alexy and then i'm like <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa god hold on start over wait, wait, you can't do that um, yeah she does it and then tim you know is always hilarious sometimes yeah. just like what his character does i just have to like okay don't laugh <laughs> Uh, we left off at our, our speaking of Dengar. Yes. Okay. So this felt a tiny, I'm like semi a little bit of like, this felt like we were trying to get rid of a character because I was like, why, why does he need to go in there to test mm -hmm. it and everything? I was like, okay. Cause Alita's the smart one that she's like, well, Royal blood y'all come on. Duh. And it just felt like such a sad death for him to have. Like, I would have rather it be, like, a booby trap that he tripped rather mm -hmm. than, like, I'm going to choose to go in this thing that I probably shouldn't do anyways. <laughs> but in his defense, that's literally why he came. And yeah, kind of like the same thing, you know, back in the day, they didn't let the royalty taste their own food first. Yeah. So he was, it's, it's type of, that type of dynamic. And, um... I know it really does because I remember on the day he was like, "Why would I do this?" <laughs> I was like, I don't want to "Go in there," and I was like, "I know, but you gotta get on in there. Go on and die." Um, <laughs> he no, did no, become no, no. like the the sacrificial lamb of the episode, though, like Carrie said. And then, moreover, like the way that he died was straight oh, out of like more, was Mortal like, Combat. Oh, it was like a Mortal Combat fatality. <laughs> He really did kill it, but I don't yeah. know. Uh -huh. No, <laughs> he, he really did. He sold it with the shaking and the blood. It was just great. Yeah. Now, um, that's a tiny. Well, I mean, that that one's a very sorry. That one's a big moment of special effects. 
for you with makeup, how long does it take on the daily to get into it? Because I mean, you have your ears, hair, um, but you don't seem to have too much like extra stuff the way Ame has, you know, different colored skin and everything. So how long is the makeup process for you? Oh, my hair and makeup takes an hour and a half. So hair and makeup prosthetics is all an hour and a half. Nice. But that's, you know, because we have our makeup artists that work with us every day. And, you know, it first started off at two hours and then it would get down to like an hour and a half. Mm. Um, and then I would, after that, I could get into wardrobe. But, you know, Manoush would just like, think she knew what I was, what she needed to do. She knew about the ears, where, you know, she just is amazing and great. So she would just work with it. And then the time started, you know, going down, going down until we got to about an hour and a half. Well, that's not too bad. I was like, that's a night going out doing hair and makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it would be great. Like after she puts my ears on, I remember one day I was so tired and I was like, Let me, I really, cause my head kept going and she's like, lay back. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I fell asleep. I woke up beautiful. I was like, pocket, you're so amazing. <laughs> Uh, how do you like the wardrobe? It looks very cool on our end. How does it feel to be in that kind of those kind of clothing on the daily? It feels great. Um, my pants are stretchy, but they don't look stretchy. My nice. boots are comfortable. And like, I remember I had two pairs of boots. One of them was a little tight at one point and they had them stretched out and they felt much better. Like nothing, if I ever had any problems or anything, they uh, made sure everything was fixed and felt good to me. But they also made my clothes very practical and, and able to do stunts in. So they, we would have fittings and I was like, hmm. And I'd be like, can you pass me my sticks? And we would do the stick fight. And they'd be like, all right, how does that feel with the stick fight? And I'd be like, great. So then they like, all right, that's the one we choose. So it was really nice that they you know, incorporated that, knowing that I was doing so many stunts. I was just going to ask, how many of the stunts did you do? Like percentage-wise? Um, I probably did 98%. Wow. wow. <laughs> impressive. Know, right? That's yeah. very, very impressive. Was Did there you, was there a per oh, yeah. particular uh sorry, was there a particular reason that you wanted to like, you know, I'm sure you had they have like the budget to have stunt double stunt stunt doubles. Was there any particular reason why you wanted to like tackle that particular part of the of the role? Um why not? <laughs> you know, uh it's not, I had never done an action role before. I have um, an athletic background and I have the want to do it. So I was like, if I want to do it and things like that, then, and we can use, you know, straight on angles and we don't have to cheat shots as much. Yeah, I would, I would love to do that for, you know, for an experience that I want to have and also for the best of the show and things like that. Um, and, and I had a great, I had a great stunt team and, and coordinators that really worked with me and they were so patient and taught me things and made sure, you know, I felt comfortable and that it looked well as well. So, um, yeah, I was like, why not? I, I want to experience this. So I'm going to try it. And I just was there it. any, was there any particular, so we, we interviewed Tim a couple episodes ago and he told us like one of his more jarring stunts was hanging down from a wire uh it was a scene where you guys are hanging down from the spaceship was there any particular stunt without revealing too much that you were kind of like oh, i don't know about this uh yeah the, the first one I ever did. oh yeah <laughs> when you guys see me fall into the sand pit and have this space junk that was like my first day of shooting and it was like 12 feet up 
and they have me on this platform. So this really, that really cool picture where you guys see me and I'm looking like this and they've used it quite often. I have like a brick in the background. They use it often in a lot of the press. That's me breathing and thinking about how I gotta jump off this 15 or this 12 foot thing. And I was like, just <laughs> picture. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get it together. But um, yeah, that one. Because when you jump, yes, I'm landing in sand, but I need to do a hero landing, which your neck can get whiplash. And it was my first time, but I was like, all right, let's do it. And we did it and it came out cool. So, did you get any um, injuries over the filming? If you did, since you did 98% of your stunts? I got a little whiplash on that one, on that stunt. Um, okay. lie. Wow. And then also in episode four, when I had to jump over, I run, do my fight sequence, run jump over and then I find um, the traveler, the grumpy traveler and I try to get the briefcase from him. Yeah. Uh, actually clipped the chair one time after, cause I had done all the other stuff and my legs were tight. <laughs> but I clipped the chair and that kind of hurt like my butt because I bounced bounced onto the floor. Oh. And everybody freaked out, but I was like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> my butt bone hurt for like two weeks. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> That's a hard one to heal, too. It's not like you no. can just wrap it up. <laughs> um, I was going to say, think, speaking of something hurting, we get Lazaro showing up with his soldiers. And then he gets the, stair, uh, the stairs ad as well. It's like, great. Add more injury to injury. And then, so I had to give it to him. Mm -hmm. right of course this is that moment where maybe you should explain things to everybody and have everybody on the same page because of course she didn't know how to use it because nobody told her no, she like literally the the when you go back and you have the flashback and you see child alita with her mother and she shows her the hologram that's all she knows about the stairs at <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so her mother didn't go into detail of how to use it she just says the powerful heart of a dying star mm-hmm mind power, mind control. So I, I'm of royal blood. I'm, it's in my royal blood fingers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it would work. <laughs> Didn't have a conduit to, to put it in to harness the power. So yeah, yeah. she no, but at the same time, um, uh, if it didn't work for me, I didn't think it would work for him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that the part that he needed half had. He didn't tell me that. He hit that part. And then he was trying to shoot a bay. So I'm like, hold up, wait. <laughs> Give me her. You can't use it anyway. We win. And right. Well, that also, I th would say it's along the lines of Isaac's logic, which we get the reveal that he did betray them, which I totally called that last week. <laughs> but, you know, shout out to Tim and um, director of last week's episode, our previous guest as well. Uh, it was... No. Uh, pardon? Denisha. Yeah. No, Thank you. Yes. Was four. Our director for this episode was Natalie and Cindy. Nice. Oh, two. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah, with Denishka, it was good job on the directing and the actors part because I go, mm, something's wrong. He's not saying it, but something's wrong. And we totally uh, called that last week, Carrie. Hands down. When I saw that scene manifest itself, I was like, yep. Because I didn't even think about that moment between Lazaro and um, and Isaac mm -hmm. as being anything but just like a you know a throwaway scene. But uh, last week, Carrie, you you nailed it. 
he, he predicted that there was a little song, song going on between the two. And sure I think enough, it was worse. Oh, it was even worse though, because it was, oh, you need to rough me up to sell it. I'm like, oh, Isaac. Right. Ugh. So, you know, oh, well, we get his betrayal. <laughs> also, we get the, with the fight, the cave-in, we get, uh, we're going to go through this quick so we can get our other segments and some other questions. One, we get poor Krog dies, which I was like, oh, come on. That was like, poor guy. Night. Right? He was trying. Yeah. That would have been and then, step up. <laughs> right, yeah. And then we get Hath, which, you know, we're kind of still probably angry at him at this point. But with the cave-in, you're just like, oh, like, that's just a sucky way to go. Mm -hmm. You're just like, yeah. oh, man. Um, that scene, you know, I really feel like for the character, what he says to me when he's dying, his last breath on his deathbed, uh, mm -hmm. it really, I know his betrayal is just heart-wrenching, terrible, terrible, but it really... Um, showed where his heart really was and how he in, in his thought process and I just really really loved past death scene like mm. Colin genuinely made me cry while filming this um, I, I, I speak of it often in interviews but I did he did his coverage and in when I'm present with you in a scene I don't care if it's my coverage or your coverage if I'm present and I'm, it makes me cry. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna hold my tears back because it's not my coverage. Like I would never. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving him everything, and um, you know, they said, "Okay, we got it. Let's flip around." <clears throat> Excuse me. And he says, "Hey," and I come close and say, "Come here," because he's under the rubble. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, "Huh?" And he tells me, "You are the closest thing I ever had to a daughter, and I genuinely am so sorry for what I've done to you. I love you, Alita." really do and you make me so proud and then I'm just like falling crying and they're like are you ready yes <laughs> oh my gosh oh <laughs> you're gonna make me cry I'm like Literally, oh girl <laughs> mm. the most amazing thing I'm I was like, like Colin oh my goodness it's wow. mm. great well everybody seems to be quite the giver of how you know because that's how you get a great scene is both or anybody how many involved is like if you are able to give that to the person it makes it so much easier to give it back yeah. but oh mm, it's quite the scene but and yeah it's and i'm glad he gets a redemption though in a way because even though he did the betrayal this redeemed him yeah and he saved my life at the same time that too yes and oh telling the friends take her away yeah Whew. Right, it's like take her. I'm like, <laughs> man, how much of that was improv? Oh yeah, yeah. There were some things like when I'm like, no, don't say that. I remember that being improv. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to remember if take her away was improv. Maybe, maybe that one was a written line. Hmm. But it makes sense though. It's like you're clearly not going to go on your own, and then your friends. It's like, no, we need to save yeah, you. But. Get out of there and tell Isaac we are done for good. So Alita has had quite the rough day, to say the least. Um, James, any other thoughts on this episode before we get into some additional kind of questions and then our special segment and predictions? Uh, no, not really. I'm just, I was just, again, I was just so happy with this episode. Uh, Adrian, you did a great job. We were talking before we uh, went on air. Uh, just you were, you were really able to flex your like actor muscle. 
uh, in this episode. We really got a good good uh, range from you. So I'm so happy that you agreed to do the ep- do this uh, interview, but more importantly for this episode because I feel like this was really a great episode for your character for Sean, and like we really got a sense of who you were as an actress. Thank you. It really means a lot. And then I was going to ask too, of, I mean, I feel this is something that's probably talked a lot about, uh, that you've probably talked about a lot and the show, because the show is being pushed as female lead, woman of color and queer on a action sci-fi show. So how does it feel to be like representative of all of that? Like, is there any sort of pressure or do you, you know, like, how do you feel of all of those things that you get to represent? I think that um, it's only pressure if you feel like, uh, it only feel, will feel like pressure if it feels negative and it doesn't feel negative mm-hmm. at all. So um, I don't feel pressure, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm very humbled to be a part of this and a part of this movement for the inclusion of people of color, for the inclusion of queer roles and um, telling all kinds of stories. Because we've had so many of the same stories and for some reason, we were like, yeah, that works. It's fine. We love it, but it's no different. We already like it's predictable, and you know what's gonna happen. But um, I think that representation is so important. Mm-hmm. Representation matters, whether it's people of color, whether it's people who are LGBTQ plus. All of these stories help someone look at themselves and see themselves in a character. It helps them grow as a person. It helps them understand different perspectives of different people. So representation is so important in so many ways. So I am just so humbled and so honored to be able to be a part of that and to help do that. When I get messages about how people are grown women now and they said, you're portraying the characters I wish I had as a young black gay girl when I was little. And I'm just so amazed and happy that we have characters like you now. That just makes my heart full because that's why I do this. Why do you think it's science fiction that seems to be able to achieve this kind of representation? Um, I think that, honestly, I think this kind of representation isn't quite... uh, Not exclusive to sci-fi, but it does seem that science fiction is able to push more. Well, because I think the door is closed more. I feel like in other Mm. covers, to have a black female lead, like in a, a comedy or a drama, that's, it's not a thing, but... This is so, so, so rare in sci-fi. It's not a lot of, like, in, in literally the kind of the one show, was it Far Escape? Was that a, that was a, so it's a black female lead, right? Or is it Firefly? I believe so, yeah. Firefly. Firefly yeah. has uh, Firefly. Because Zoe. Because yes. it's the character of Zoe. Yeah. So, so it's so it's so uncommon. That's, they're all, people always say, oh, it reminds me of Firefly because... I'm, I'm a black female lead and there's a black female lead. And that's the only other yeah. one they can think of. So I think literally. that uh, in sci-fi, literally the doors were so closed and we're like pushing them open, holding them open for the next people to trailblaze and come through. So I feel like, um, honestly, sci-fi is not very diverse at the moment. I mean, they're diverse in um, having a lot of aliens and having a lot of different type of alien races. But when it comes to people being black and being of a major role or a lead role, I think that's relatively new, and um, it's it's a reason why we have to push even harder. Nice. And then you've also worked with quite a few female directors, the showrunner, and writers. 
Is there, has that experience been any different than previous shows and films you've worked on? Well, it's always a, a girl power thing. It's always a, you know, when you meet someone like, so it's always gonna be different when you meet someone who has something in common, right? So working with all female directors is just freaking awesome. And there's a level of comfortability that I have as an actor with a female director that I might not have with a male director um, without working on it. That it just comes naturally because they're a female. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the, I think the best part was, you know, working with them, they're creative geniuses. They're so amazing. And they're so creatively collaborative. So um, I felt like there was a lot less ego than when I have previously worked with some male directors. There was a lot less ego and a lot more like, well, I have this and what do you have? Oh, cool. Well, let's uh, mix them up and get, oh, look at that. It looks great. Let's do it. So um, I felt like that was very present with uh, this female director. And, and, and I really am so happy that, you know, this is so rare and I got to be a part of it. I just feel like we joined hands and walked. It was like, yeah, I felt like we were in the million woman march. <laughs> we're doing this. So it felt great. <laughs> nice. Well, awesome. I love your answers. They're so great to hear your insight on it and everything. Uh, James, we got running low on time, but we got to cover our special segment. Yeah. Of... It is going to be Winnie who? Winnie what? So we'll do it quickly because I know we're short on time today. Speaking of, uh, of actors of color, even behind the prosthetics, we have actors of color representing us. So this week, we're going to uh, do a quick spotlight on Mr. Vash Singh. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Vash underscore Singh, S-I-N-G-H, on Instagram and Twitter. His website as well, VashSingh.com. Little known fact for him, he is uh, born on December 25th, 1993, Cape Town uh, actor as well. He has done quite a bit. Um, one of his biggest uh, roles was actually as a director. He did Sparks to the Grindstone in 2019, Boss Cafe in 2019. Another one that we know about, actually, the Banana Split movie in mm-hmm. 2019, which was directed by our last guest, Miss Danishka Esterhazy. Hey, girl, we see you out yes. there if you're watching. And then uh, he also had a, um, a lead role in a movie called uh, You Are My Pack. And the last one I found most interesting, he was in the 2008 reboot of Tomb Raider. We don't know facts about him about there. So that's going to be our spotlight this week. It's going to be Mr. Vash Singh. He plays the role of Krob. He died in this episode. We still got love for him. So we want to give him a quick highlight. What's up, buddy? We see you out there. Yes. All right. Um, give me one prediction, James. Um, next episode. We are going to really get a sense of who Alita is as a new woman because she's been betrayed up, right, down, left, right, center. So I feel like she's going to, I don't know if she's going to create a new trio or she's going to, you know, accept Isaac's apology. But I think that uh, she's going to grow as a character and her new, she may create like a new nuclear family moving forward. So I don't know. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen in the next few episodes. All right, piggybacking off that, I think it'll be essentially girls trip moment right now because that's where you go when you've had a bad time, you go with your girls and hang out and recover. So I feel her and Ame will get some bonding time. Um, I think it'd be nice as just friends, but maybe it'll progress a little bit more as well because we all want that kiss maybe later, but we don't want to rush it. What's that? <laughs> Predicted kiss. Oh, all right, I like it. Okay, nice. 
Well, Adrian, thank you so, so much for talking with us. And thank you everybody who watched and commented and everything. It was so great to talk with you. Uh, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under my name, Adrian Ray. That's A-D-R-I-Y-A-N-R-A-E. Yay. And James, where can people find you? You can follow your boy at in, on Instagram at Terrell James Maple, on Twitter at James Maple Actor. I also do an after show for Reno 911 for Vagrant Queen, obviously, and do a lot of articles for After Buzz TV and Black Hollywood Live. So look out for your boy there. Yay. And my name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. We have the finale for Westworld this evening. And if you're a fan of anime, we're starting our coverage of Demon Slayer. So check that out. Again, thank you so much for watching, everybody. And again, thank you, Adrian. It was a pleasure. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.